Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to the Matt Townsend Show. I am your host, Dr. Matt Townsend, your coach, your guide on the side. And today we are going to teach you the art of doing nothing. Nothing. We are going to do an entire show. Isn't that contradictory? On nothing. No. So what are we, Seinfeld? Yes. The entire show dedicated to nothingness. You are George. You're Costanza. <laughs> as long as I can work for the Yankees. <laughs> I, you know what? If, if you're George and I'm Jerry, then what does that make James? Kramer. Kramer. <laughs> <laughs> so true. And today, Meg, uh, I guess Meg will be um, Elaine. Okay. Meg Conley's <laughs> Meg, on the show today. Yeah. She, I wonder if she dances like her. <laughs> oh, I'm sure she does. <laughs> I have a feeling she does. I think she does a lot of things like uh, Elaine. Don't you think? Um, she's got the yeah, she's got yeah. the curly hair. She's got the vibe. She doesn't work for the catalog company, but you know, no, hey, no, she does work for an online company. True, Meg true. in progress. Yeah, uh, Meg will be joining us. Also, Dr. Colleen Long will be jo- joining us. She is the author of the book on nothingness. Uh, she literally she has written a book all about nothing. Oh, it's an article, but she she wrote a book as well. Uh, let me get to it right here. I was yeah, just the, the at book it. is something different. The article is is oh. called "The Art of Doing Nothing." See, I wasn't even I was doing nothing. I should have read that. Yeah, hmm, bummer. Uh, <laughs> great article, though, by the way, from Psychology Today, and because uh, we as Americans, we think you have to do stuff, even when you're trying to relax. Oh, yeah. Oh, I we had a, we were supposed to have a very relaxing weekend this week, and weekend, and we didn't. We instead, everyone's like, "Let's go on a walk." Okay. We're, Nothing wrong with that. That could well, be relaxing. Can it? Yeah. Yeah, not for me. I don't do it, but <laughs> I got to drag one leg. I got a bad foot. Uh. <laughs> Can't drag it everywhere. That's why we call you Igor. Igor. <laughs> hey, um, the show's going to be great. It's all about nothing, and I wanted to start the show by just just having just a few seconds of just nothing. So let's just try it right now. Okay, we're we are going to try to do. A show, a segment right now um, on the art of doing nothing. Here we go. There you have it. Okay. Well, okay. That was successful. Yeah, job well done. It didn't feel right. <laughs> it felt awkward. It's because it's radio and you know, silence is bad. Can I yeah. just tell you what is so great is that all of our bosses are freaking out. Yeah, exactly. Like, is something wrong? Is something wrong? Wait, what? Dead air. What? Dead air. What? What? Anyway, today we, we're going to do that. But before before we go any farther, we need to we need to get to our headlines. Headliners from the Matt Townsend Show: A summary of stories that you might have missed. Looking at some music today. Yes. In headlines. I love music. Actually, I love music when I do nothing. I just love to listen to music. Okay. This music, though, is supposedly scientifically proven to be the most relaxing music. Re- oh, is it Lady Gaga? No. Madonna? No, it's a group. I, I don't think you've ever heard of this. I never heard of this group. Do they have pan flutes? No, they don't actually. Let's let's go ahead and, and give a little bit of a listen to this. It's called Weightless is the name of the song. Tune.
I seriously want to put this on my phone to use at night when I go to bed. By the way, those of you that are driving, why don't you roll your window down right now? Yeah. Get some air flowing. <laughs> but this is a group called Marconi Union. Yeah. And this is an actual... So, uh, this I is think the most relaxing music. The most relaxing music. According proven, to a study. In 2011, scientists actually played this song to 40 women and found it to be most effective at helping them relax even more so than Mozart or Enya or mm. Coldplay. Wow. They were connected to sensors and giving challenging puzzles so that they could increase their stress mm -hmm. level. Yeah. And 11% uh, <laughs> this song was 11% more relaxing than any other song and even made many of the women drowsy in the lab. I'm getting drowsy. Mm-hmm. It induced a 65% reduction in overall anxiety and brought them to a level 35% lower than their usual resting rates. I feel it. I, I listen mm -hmm. to meditation stuff, music. This is what it is. Yeah, exactly. But you're not supposed to do it while you're driving. That's why we want to keep True. talking over it. Because okay. we do not want to cause an accident. No. If there's other songs, though, that, that yeah. could... Help you unwind, so to speak. Okay, yeah. yeah. I got the top ten list. Uh, Dolly Parton, uh, nine to five. No. Okay. <laughs> uh, but Marconi Union is number one. Number two is a group called Airstream, the song Electra. Hmm. Number three, and I, I have no idea if these songs are any good or not. Well. So just <laughs> DJ Shaw, Melomaniac. Enya's Watermark. That's a fairly oh, good one. Enya. Enya's, yeah. Enya's very good. Huge fan. Uh, Coldplay's Strawberry Swing. Really? Which I've never heard that well, song. Well, I think we need to look that one up because I have never heard that song either, and I love Coldplay. Yeah, yeah same so, here. Go ahead and try and find that one, James. See if we can play it before the end of this segment. A group called Barcelona. Mm, Barcelona. Yeah, Barcelona. Please Don't Go is the name of the song. All Saints, Pure Shores. About, do you think song. people are actually taking notes? Probably. Okay. As they're driving, I'm, I'm sure. Number eight kind of surprised me, though. Adele's Someone Like You. Really? Yes. That is a top ten most relaxing song? Well, it says top ten tracks proven to help you unwind. I don't know if it's relaxing. Wow. Yeah. Unwinding is different, I think, than relaxing. I like Adele. I like that, though. That's good. Yeah. And then you have Mozart's Canzonetta Solaria. Mm -hmm. And then Cafe Del Mar, We Can Fly. Wow. So... It's, it's some interesting music. I wrote my dissertation listening to music that was supposed to be relaxing. Oh, really? Mm -hmm. Took me about six years. Because <laughs> you kept falling asleep? I was so relaxed. Well, nine. stop listening to the Marconi Union stuff. And obviously, and then, then, I'd, then I'd put on something more hip and, you know, then I wouldn't focus. I've actually done this before with uh, um, when I'm trying to go to sleep, if I'm feeling kind of tightly wound or something, yeah. I'll go for the new age or the... Zen station on the TV and yeah. try and listen to that and 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 get relaxed. Get sometimes happy sometimes they don't hit it. They don't hit it just right. Though. No, it's well, kind of no. strange. But uh, here oh. is here's a strawberry swing with Coldplay. Oh, I know this song. Hmm. You know what it is? You can hear the heartbeat. Yeah. A lot of these songs have a heartbeat in them, and you can feel That's the That's what heartbeat. that Weightless song had. And yeah, you, exactly. You hear you it way that? in the background. Yeah. I thought yeah. it was my heart. No. I, and then I, all of a sudden, I'm like, oh, my heart's pounding. Yeah, you got to <laughs> get more loose Well, then I got headphones. hypertensive, and I'm like, ah, oh, I need to breathe through my nose. <laughs> exactly. So today on the show, what we're trying to do is we really just want to do nothing. And we wanted to see if we could get away with it. 
And so far, so good. Don hasn't even showed up. I so know. We're, I think we're going to get away with it today. Let's but, hope. But part of it, I think, is there's a paradigm of us here in America where we can't relax. We don't know how to relax. And a lot of these Eastern cultures and Eastern religions are all about emptying your lives. Mm-hmm. And we're always about filling our lives up. I know, uh, well, when people say they're going away to relax, mm-hmm. what what do you, you know? What are you going to do? What are you going to do for? Mo- actually, most of the time, people are asking us around here, "What are you doing for fun this weekend?" Yeah, it's well, not. What are you going to do to relax? Well, and part of it is because you can only have fun on a weekend. Of course, <laughs> like you can have fun at work. Like I actually find driving here, doing my show, super relaxing, and then going home, I'm very mellowed out and super relaxed. Mm-hmm. Now, but a, a some lot of, of people, our listeners don't feel that way. Yeah, but a lot of people, when they're free time, what are they? I mean, thrill seekers. Yeah, no, that's crazy. You got you got the you know the the people jumping off of cliffs and uh-huh. with parachutes yeah. and things. Well, Come on, and also people, I feel like they wear almost as if it was a badge of honor being yes. busy. Yeah. You know, you yeah. try to fill up your schedule as much as possible because if you're really busy, then you are doing it right. That's what people think. But you're wrong. We are. You are wrong. Um, so on the show, we're going. We're going to get into this. We're going to talk to Dr. Colleen La, Colleen Long. She is the um, author of the article, "The Art of Doing Nothing," which, um, again, it's it's a great read. We'll be talking about it a lot today. It's from Psychology Today, and we'll talk to her as well as uh, you know. We got a big show. Meg Conley's coming on. Uh, James is going to stay here, and he's just going to continue to teach us about knives and the power of purchasing knives for those you love. Powerful stuff. Powerful stuff. <laughs> some do nothing, some buy knives. Well, it helps you get through the woods, you know, that thick brush. Yeah, yeah, if you had a machete. Right. Uh, the art of doing nothing, folks. It seems like it's every day on Matt Townsend Show, but today it's specifically doing nothing. See if you can catch the fire. We're going to take a break. Come right back with Dr. Colleen Long right here on BYU Radio. Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. Today we're talking about the art of doing nothing. By the way, no music, no singer is more relaxing than Nora Jones. According to the article we just had. She didn't even make that list. Marconi Union and Weightless is the most relaxing song scientifically proven. I liked it. I kind of like Nora better. I mean, she's great. I mean, Nora, well, Nora's on what a, you're, she's a name brand. Depends on what you're listening for. By the way, today I mellowed out by listening to some jazz. I'm starting to oh, get really? some jazz in my life. In the mellow tone? No, the Utah Jazz, the basketball team. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. Great, yeah. great team. Good stuff. No, uh, the mellow tones of jazz. I just am liking jazz now. That's, that's really cool. And Nora. Team mm. Jazz and Nora. Today on the show, folks, we're talking about the art of doing nothing, and we have a wonderful guest. We found an article that she wrote. It's called The Art of Doing Nothing on Psychology Today. It's written by Dr. Colleen Long, who is also the author of Happiness in Balance, What We Know About Happiness. Now, here's the deal, and um, we're going to have her teach us about the art you'd think, you know, most success and happiness comes from being busy and actively involved, but... Apparently not. Do, uh, Dr. Uh, Colleen Long, welcome to the Matt Townsend Show. Hi, guys. How are you? I'm good. I love the name of your um, the organization that you founded. It's called Mellow, Comprehensive Psychological Services, right there in Los Angeles, huh? 
Yeah, yeah. I really, you know, it's funny. I a friend of ours has a dog named Mello, and I just loved that name. That's a great and I loved name. What it conveyed, yeah, and it it seems to work. I love it, and I loved your article because I think as Americans we don't quite get the art of doing nothing. Right. Talk about that. Help us understand. You you learned something from Italians that that maybe is a lesson each of us needs to learn. Right. You know, we have this kind of hurry up and wait mentality in America where we kind of work ourselves to the bone Monday through Friday, and we're on this constant hamster wheel. And then on the weekends, we we relax. And I use that term loosely because our idea of relaxing is, um, and as they put it in the movie Eat, Pray, Love, sitting in our pajamas, <laughs> getting our six-pack of Miller Lite, right. and watching TV and watching other people live their lives. <laughs> And so relaxing. Right. Well, and the Europeans have a different way of viewing doing nothing, which is actually more effective and has been proven to make us more effective in our life. And they call it la dolce far niente. Is that right? right? Which means the sweetness of doing nothing. Ah. Uh, explain. Like, to me, is <laughs> what is that? Just sitting on the side of the hill, breathing and meditating? Well, you know, in the movie, it's it's funny because you've got the, the guy with the Italian accent, and he's talking about how, you know, they, they go home in between work, they make love to their wife, <laughs> they uh, drink wine, they take a long nap. And, and so it's kind of, it's not always just doing nothing. It's not literally doing nothing. No. It's just, it's living life. It's being present. It's, um, it's doing kind of the art of play that we we do as children and then we start to forget as adults. Isn't that sad? We do. As a child, you don't need to tell them they do get bored a lot. I'm bored. But a lot of times you just put them outside, let them go play, throw them a ball, and they'll be great. But then I guess as adults, do we learn our way out of this state? I mean, what happens to us that makes us feel like we need to instead watch other people do stuff? We become lazy in our play. So, you know, once we get bored with normal, traditional play as kids, nobody, society doesn't really put an emphasis on play anymore. It's kind of thought of as, you know, it's, it's a childish sort of activity. And only recently has research begun to point to the benefits of play and, and doing nothing and investing our time in something that is just for, it's kind of this aimless activity, you know, tick not time uh, one mm-hmm. of the leading Buddhists talks yeah. about just aimless activity. So it's just doing something without some sort of end goal in mind, but just kind of, you know, wandering around in it. I, I love that. And and allowing life to kind of bring you what it needs to bring you. You know right. what I mean? And just being present when opportunities appear, because it seems like in that moment, I could have a really big to-do list of what needs to be done uh, when I get home today, but that that to-do list may also keep me from doing the most important things that need to be done that just right. appear. And if, well, and if you're anything like me, that to-do list never goes away. No. An endless barrage of shoulds and things we must do, and, and it never goes away. And, and I've actually noticed for myself being a parent that it takes me away from being present with my kids because yeah. I'm just trying to get through the day, and it's not a way to live. No. In fact, you've used the word present twice. Present, there's this movement of mindfulness going on 
explain what you mean by present because a lot of us, you know, I show up. I mean, I'm home. But this present is being more than showing up, isn't it? Right. So being present is, is basically not worrying about the future, not ruminating on the past, and just being fully in that moment, not predicting what's going to happen next, hmm. but just kind of allowing that moment to be there and kind of be accepting of it without trying to force it into being something that it's not. See, but right then, right when you said that, I had this echo back to my childhood where my mother would say, have you done your homework? <laughs> no, Mom, I'm just being present. Get off my right. back. But we, we kind of right. drill it in our heads, don't we? Our kids that it's always about the next thing, the next thing, the next thing, instead of just enjoying a space of time. Right. And and I think that that's one of it, that what you just said hits on a lot of the, the same questions I get from my clients who, you know, many of my clients are very successful. They're very good at what they do. And part of that is because their minds don't shut off. I call it the Ferrari brain. You know, huh, they're yeah. always, always thinking, you know, eight steps ahead in the future, which makes them very successful in their personal lives and in their careers. But the problem is we never shut off. And there's this, this kind of subconscious narrative that says, if I don't do something right now, I'm going to lose, or I'm not going to be caught up, or yeah. I'm going to be disorganized. You'll get behind. So, yeah. Right, right. And so what I really emphasize to clients is that um, the research actually points to the fact that when we're, we take moments out for presence, or just doing nothing, or even silence or meditation, we're actually more effective in our daily activities. Yeah, so you could take a, you can take a moment and it'll elongate your capacity. It'll give you more capacity. Right, because you don't have the noise anymore of the ego. You don't have the noise of the mind saying, I should be doing this or I should have done this. Hmm. You're just simply in that moment. And when you're in that moment, you're able to be more of yourself. You're able to give more of yourself. Yeah. You're able to feel and experience emotions to a, a larger depth. Yeah, be inspired, feel, feel like you're in spirit. You know, you can right. all of a sudden, I mean, for those that, you know, believe in God and, and, and are, you know, spiritual that way, they, we never make time for a God to be in the space because we're always filling it up with everything else. And then we wonder why we feel so without God. Exactly. And, and one of the other great scenes I love in, in this movie, and, and I love it for so many reasons, but there's a spiritual scene where the guy says, you're so busy in your head. If you would just rest in your heart and allow some silence and space, hmm. God will come rushing in with the answers. And it's, I love it's that. true, you know, what, whatever you believe, um, there's a saying that says, in silence, the heart finally fills the answers that it needs. And it's, I think it's true that if we can just allow for that space, sometimes things come to us at a deeper level that we can't get on that yeah. that cognitive treadmill that we're on. Is it, is, do you sense, are we afraid of the silence and what it might teach? Are we afraid that, is it our ego that kicks in and makes us, you know, compete and need to keep making up our stories? Or what is it that, are we afraid? What is it? Yeah, I think that there's a little bit of fear that we have with silence. It's like, uh, I don't know what to do with this. Um, this is a waste of time. Yeah. I need to get on to the next thing, especially when I'm first teaching people how to meditate. They always feel like they're doing it wrong, and if I'm doing it wrong, then I've just wasted my time. Right. And, you know, what is this whole thing? And so 
uh, part of it, I think, is just people really educating themselves. You know, if you look at kind of the Eastern culture, their relationship with silence and space and doing nothing is much, much better than right. our relationship with silence and slowing down. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? And then it's just the next thing and the next to do. It almost is your ability to um, – your spirituality is really your ability to sit in silence, isn't it? And just be mm-hmm. open. Right. And right. not and know what tomorrow things? what's going to happen, not know, not worry about yesterday, be in the now. Exactly. Uh, there's, um, there's a couple great books out there if people are looking for ways to do nothing more effectively. Um, there's a book called The Art of Doing Nothing, which is great. Um, and then um, Deepak Chopra talks about it in his Seven Spiritual Principles mm. about how it, sometimes we just go out in nature and align ourselves with the sounds and the smells of nature, you, there is a shift. And I've noticed this myself, and I don't know if other people have, where if you're walking outside without music, you're not talking on the phone, but you're just in nature, it, there really oh. is a different quality yeah. to that level of doing nothing versus sitting in front of the TV. No, so true, so true. We're talking with Dr. Colleen Long, who is the author of Happiness in Balance, What We Know what we now, uh, know now about happiness. She's a licensed psychologist based in um, Los Angeles, California. She also is uh, the owner and founder of Mellow, Comprehensive Psychological Services in Los Angeles and Manhattan Beach, California. We're going to take a break, come back, continuing the discussion about the art of doing nothing and uh, be thinking out there, what is it that brings you the most peace? In those silent, quiet moments, you'd be thinking, because I'm going to bet that's a source of potential, uh, you know, time and space where we could just do nothing. Focus on that. We're going to take a break. We'll be right back. This is the Matt Townsend Show on BYU Radio. Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. Uh, there's a popular movie or song right there from the movie The Fault in Our Stars. By the way, it's one of the... I bought the soundtrack. That's how crazy I am. But I didn't know that there was the pan flute music you were talking about earlier. Because this wasn't on the list of the top most relaxing songs. Welcome back, everybody. Today we are talking about the art of doing nothing. Do you have the ability to just... Stay in a space. It doesn't mean you just sit there and veg. Do you have the ability, though, to just, you know, get out of your past instead of stewing on the past or obsessing about the future? Do you have the ability to just be present and to allow yourself to just stay in a peaceful state in the present moment? Do you do that very well? Do you, it's, you know, it's a form of meditation. Eastern, uh, the Eastern religions and philosophies have been teaching this forever. Uh, a lot of us don't do it very well. So we've asked um, a wonderful guest to join us. Dr. Colleen Long is on the phone. She is the owner and founder of Mellow, a comprehensive psychological services organization in Los Angeles. She also um, is one of the founders or the founder of Mellow Self-Help Therapy, which is basically about uh, you know preparing people to get ready to enter into therapy. A lot of this, her ideas um, were were you know inspired by the movie Eat, Pray, Love, 
where, uh, you know, in the movie, an Italian man is kind of going off on the American view of relaxing, that we maybe don't quite get it. So, again, Dr. Colleen Long, thank you so much for being with us. Yeah, great to be here. Um, as you as you think about this, and just again, it, it, a lot of us think, well, I don't have the luxury to just sit back and just relax like that. <laughs> but what would you say to them? I mean, in the end, the research is showing you may not have the luxury not to. Yeah, well, this is the response that I get. I work with a lot of bariatric patients as well who have to make a lot of behavioral changes, one including exercise on a regular basis. And the most common response is, I don't have time. Hmm. But if you go inside the home of most Americans, they have time to Facebook. They have time to watch TV. (laughs) They have time to do many of the things. Yeah, check their stocks, their scores. Yeah. Of course, they have time to do their fantasy football. So, <laughs> hey, now be careful there. That that could be relaxing. <laughs> well, I, yeah. hey, my husband's a huge fantasy football, sure. football fan. Um, but we make things a priority that we value, and so the way to change that is to change our perception of what should be valuable in our life. Hmm. And if you're going along in life and you're tuning out with Facebook and you're watching TV and you're passively sort of watching everybody else live their life, and you're happy, great, don't change it. But if you're listening and you feel somewhat lost and you feel in a rut and you feel like, is this all there is, Hmm. which is pretty common for 90% of the people that I see, then something has to change. You can't keep on doing what you've been doing all this time and expect to get different results. And and there's something that you're – you having that dissonance – in your mind that's saying, there's got to be more to life than this. Right. That right there, listen to that. That's telling you it's time to to get present, and it's time to see what the present can teach you. Absolutely. That's powerful. I mean, I think you're on to something. I mean, of course, you know, fantasy football may not be replaceable, but... (laughs) You could be more present while you're playing fantasy football. Um, talk about it, it really is a mind shift, though, right? Because Americans, it seems like this isn't even about doing. This is just about kind of being. And um, it's almost like we need to shift our thinking that our life is not just a, 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 a function of doing. Well, right. I mean, that's like the same. Why not try to be a human being than a human doing all mm. of the time? Yeah. You know, it's, it, that's, that's who we are. That's our nature. And thousands of years ago, of course, we were hunting and gathering and looking out for our safety. But there was a lot of time spent just connecting with people around us, our tribe. And we don't do that anymore. And, and we kind of have this false sense of connection through social media. And what you're finding and what the research is showing is that people are starting to uh, lose social skills. Right. Teenagers are starting to lose the um, the social skills that we had to develop early on mm-hmm. because they have the benefit of IM and chat and text and Facebook where they have those they don't have those nervous uncomfortable moments where they have to think on their feet. Yeah. I lo- I love that idea too to tie it to relationships because one of the times I felt most centered would be about three in the morning rocking one of my kids to sleep again. Yeah. And it's but and so I'm not thinking about my past and I'm not thinking about my future that this child could be president but I would just rock and be present with the baby and amazing 
you know, flow of energy and positivity and I call it spirit, I'd be filled with the spirit. And it's like right. all I had to do was just sit here and rock and exactly. be and get my mind in the space. Right. And there's an adaptive imperative to that. You know, when you look at that, that's part of our survival as a species. It We're wired to feel good when we connect and cradle our young ones. We're wired because that helps our species survive. Yeah. Otherwise, we'd kill them, right? We'd get all over them. <laughs> or if we're busy looking at Facebook while they're busy touching the stove, that's true. we're not going to survive that's that right. long. You know, that's so, so there really is... When you say that feeling of there's a deeper quality to it, it's because we're kind of hitting on our biological pruning. Mm-hmm. That's and, and what's amazing about it is so, so when we sit there and say the art of doing nothing, sometimes you can still be in uh, you can still be with people around you. You could even still be having dinner, but figuring out how to be how to enjoy uh, an agendaless dinner. Right. You know, where we're not sitting there trying to, okay, during this dinner, I'm going to browbeat my children into figuring out why they're not doing their homework. <laughs> right. Instead, we could just right. let it be and just experience it. Exactly. You know, and one uh, one person, I can't remember who said it, but when they sit with their kids, instead of asking them, how was school today? And they just go, fine. And that's the end of the conversation. <laughs> yep. Good. My job is um, done. They ask them, tell me one interesting thing that happened to you today. Mm-hmm. And so it kind of, it, it adds a deeper quality to the conversation. And so, you know, it does. It forces us to be a bit more creative. We can't just check out anymore. But you start to notice that your quality of life really feels like you're living it instead of it living you. Yeah. Oh, what a relief. It's. Uh, and by the way, I can see why you'd want this in your practice. I mean, I know in your practice at Mellow um, in Los Angeles, you you use this, I guess, as a Mellow self-help therapy is, as a way to get people ready to okay. take on therapy, huh? To to get them, I guess, open enough to to f- understand themselves a little bit better. Right, because many people that come in are they're already successful in a kind of um, in our societally accepted sense. So, yeah, you know, their careers are good, their families are good, that sort of thing. But there's just that sense of like, is this all there is? Is this? I feel like something's missing, yeah. and it's usually that existential psychological piece that we fail to address because we kind of put everything else first first and and so that's where they come in and they mm. say I know I'm this this career isn't a career it's, it feels like a job now, yeah. or I'm just kind of spinning on this hamster wheel and it's not it's not the way I want to live my life forever and so I ask them when do you take time out to figure out how you're going to change that yeah. and invariably the answer is always well, I don't have time. <laughs> yeah, it's always so, that. Yeah. That's the story. That's just the fake facade, right? And it's and it, but it's where it hits that is people don't give it priority. Yeah. If you give it priority, you will find time for it. What are some more of the skills we should be practicing, and what what do you teach some of your mm-hmm. clients? And what are things that like we should be thinking and and being able to do that would facilitate this being in the space? Sure. So I'm a big list maker. I love lists, and I'll, and I'll make a list in my phone of things that I enjoy doing that are different forms of doing nothing. So yeah. taking a hot bath, uh, listening to music, going for a walk with my kids, going to the park and swinging them in the swings, you know, whatever yeah. seems kind of relevant to you, where it's you're not touching any sort of electronic device, 
and you're really feeling just kind of present and connected. So you make a list of those things. And as you go about in life, that list should expand to, you know, 50 to 70 different things. Mm -hmm. And then the idea is you sit with your week, as as most people tend to do on a Sunday or Monday, whenever you're organizing your week and looking at all the stuff you have to do. And you create a space each day for nothing. Whatever that, whatever works for you. So it could be first thing in the morning, and some people really like to do that because they feel like it starts their day yeah, right. right. And and some people do it in the middle of the day because it helps to make the day go faster. It helps to break up the day. So whatever works for you, sure. you create that space, and then it's scheduled in. You schedule it in, and you've made it a priority. So you're so and even so, if you don't know what it is, you could just say, "I'm going to have this, you know, nothing time right here." Right. Right. I love and that. I'll, I'll just I'll sit here and read my book or I'll go for a walk or yeah. I'll just enjoy a cup of tea. Like how how often do we no. just enjoy yeah. a cup of coffee and just relax something? Yeah, right. right. No, I love that idea. And, and what I love about getting it in your schedule, you've just blown up the time myth because you already know you need this nothing time. You already know right. you need it. So just by the way, you could probably mm-hmm. schedule it every day for the rest of your life. Right. At certain times, because you're going to always need it and you're going to need it at certain, you know, it might be better to do it at five or six o'clock to get you through the evening or whatever. But then I love, too, that you just you're allowing yourself to be flexible because some days the park may not work, but the bath will. Right. And some days, you know, but but the other key, too, I guess, is see, because sometimes I always think, well, my I just love to get away and be alone. And that's mm-hmm. great too. But then, if I just if all my nothing time was always being alone, then I would probably amount to nothing. <laughs> right. Right? right. Eventually, right. I need to be with my kids. I have six of them. I need right. to pay attention. Right. Right. So it's it's different forms of doing nothing. Yeah, I love it doesn't it. mean literally doing nothing. No. It just means kind of disconnecting from the usual. from the world. Yeah. It, right, and being present, and it's such a gift to your kids if oh, you yeah. have kids because then they see, okay, mom's not constantly distracted on this little box. Mm-hmm. She's living her life. She's present, and then they wire that because kids are sponges, so they take in all of that as their framework on how to approach life. That's so true. See, that is it. You did it. You just fixed it. <laughs> I'm fixed, Colleen. I really I go. love it, and I think, is, is this what your book, Happiness in Balance, is about? Yeah, so the balance is actually an acronym for the seven principles that from research have demonstrated to make us have that sense of fulfillment and well-being. Hmm. And if you have all of those seven principles going within your week, nine times out of ten, you're not going to be seeing a therapist because yeah. you're going to feel in balance and you're going to feel happy. Oh, man. I want – okay, so can we, will you do this, Colleen? Can we have you back and have you teach us those seven points? Sure. Will you come back and talk to us? Yeah. I actually want you to drive here to Utah. (laughs) Is that too much to ask? Then I might not be balanced. Actually, I'd rather come there. I'll come come hang out at Manhattan Beach. There you go. That's that's a good deal. Well, we appreciate you. And again, we will call you and have you back. I want to talk about happiness in balance. And everybody, go out and get that book, Happiness in Balance, What We Know Now About Happiness, Research-Based Solutions, folks, to get back into balance. Again, go to her website, um, uh, Mellow. I just had it up. Where did it go? Right there. DrColleenLong.com. DrColleenLong.com. And you can find out more about her practice there. Well done. Really, we need to figure out a way, folks, to be more present. Good stuff. 
Let's take a break. When we come back, we're going to continue this discussion. Merritt's going to teach us about how we decide what's important in life. A lot of times the world and, uh, you know, even science doesn't necessarily think certain things are important that we do. We're going to take a break. Be right back right here on the Matt Townsend Show. Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. Oh, Ed Sheeran, man. Love that dude. All of the Stars, which is uh, it's the uh, soundtrack from The Fault in Our Stars. By the way, my son's doing this song. His own version. We'll play that someday. But I think he charges a lot to use it. <laughs> um, uh, welcome back to the program, folks. Today we're talking about the art of doing nothing, but also maybe more importantly, doing something. But what you're doing is being present. Now, merit, merit, meritocracy. That just brought up that little nickname. I wow, used to give I haven't you. heard you that remember for that? a long time. Yeah, that's been like we had a guest on the show once that taught months. us about meritocracy, yeah. and so after that, we always that brought back a flash. Well, let's just say it's my type of government. Merit, one of the great researchers on our show, she uh, puts her head to things, and you've been studying about how we, I guess, prioritize how we determine what's important. Yeah, what? Where is their value in life? Basically, Um, I actually got this. I was reading an article. It's from the blog Barking Up the Wrong Tree, but the (laughs) week.com was carrying it. So, you know, and they in this blog, they had talked about how different people value life. And they kind of went to some untraditional sources. Um, First of all, insurance adjusters. Okay, how do they value value life? And so this is the thing. So when they're when a person dies and they have their life insurance. Sure. And they're trying to decide how much life insurance. I think it's infinite. You know, they should be paid millions, get, well, tens of millions. They kind of evaluate it on an interesting thing. So if you know, there's like certain things, like if it was a wrongful death, there's a higher okay. amount. You know, yeah. stuff like that. But if this guy coaches a little league, it's likely he's he'll get more money. If he's like so oh, community wow. service oriented, wow. if he has two little girls, he's definitely going to get more money. And if they're cute, what a if he lot has, more. What money. if he has one ugly girl and one <laughs> ugly boy? That probably wouldn't bode as well, but there's, okay. you know. There's, so they're checking your they're kids. Children. They're yeah. checking So they're seeing how where you, you have, are. yeah, relationships in life. And so, wow. like, even, like, uh, this is probably less what to do, but they'll, like, evaluate, like, if this guy's wife is beautiful or not. And if she's, like, really pretty, they're more likely to, like, you know, the, the insurance people are more likely to give more money. But if she's too pretty, they won't give <laughs> they that don't much need money. money yeah, yeah. So there's kind of like this weird thing. What does does it evaluate if you have a car up on blocks in your front yard? N- no. Okay. Yeah, but Good. anyway, so everything that they do is it's basically like a casting session or a popularity. Con- it's like how many people oh, how, has this so person influenced? Random, really, because yeah. Uh, what if you? What if one person's pretty and another person's ugly? Yeah, but I mean, we say that, but really, what it is is how many people has this person? Impacted. This person's loss, like their their yeah. their life doesn't exist anymore. How many people is that going to impact? Wow! And that's really how they base those life insurance, you know, numbers numbers on. The second group wow. is economists. How okay. do economists value? Well, life? you would think they do it the same way. Um, kind of, yeah. So. They, they, they have like a certain way of calculating kind of the worth of a life, like how much how much human life is in dollars. Okay. So if you, you there's kind of you know oh, again, so how much a base you earn, amount. 
Yeah. Yeah, basically. So you like just kind of, you know, what your salary is like, yeah. what kind of house you have. So there's kind of that basic stuff. But then if you see your family and friends regularly, that is a boost of $97,000 a year. What? If you have a better social life, that's a boost of $131,232 Did my wife tell you that? Okay. A year. She wants to be more social. <laughs> and so that's the thing is that a lot of these things What that, is married? If you're married... Um, plus one, $100,000. Wow. Yeah. And so these kinds of booths where they kind of, you know, they determine a lot of the monetary value based on a person's happiness. Yeah. And so, again, that comes down to relationships. How interesting. Yeah. Okay. And then who, who knew that all these people were doing this? I exactly. did not know that. Yeah. I didn't know this either. <laughs> okay. I got And then the last, the last people this blog went to was people who were near the end of their life. So people um, above or around the age of 80. Okay. And they asked, what did what do you value in life? And again, it was one of the participants said, the only thing that really matters in our life are your relationships to other people. Oh, neat. And so that was from kind the of an overwhelming are, response I love that. that everybody people, got. It's, relationships. It's people. People are what matters. And not even, I mean, you would think insurance <clears> and <throat> Economist, you would think it would be something else, like how yeah, right. cool of a car you have, yeah. or but no, they're you know, still how big your house is. But it's still relationships. That's interesting. So anyway, we've been talking about relaxation, rejuvenation, um, what you know, the who, what, when, where yeah. of relaxing. But that's kind of what I wanted to get to is what should we do in that relaxing time? And so I think that you know we should think of what really matters, right? And apparently, what really matters is your relationships to other people. So I have a little story. Okay. This weekend, I was feeling you know kind of overwhelmed, in but I had a chance to spend some time with a friend who I don't get to see super often. We just have really busy schedules, yeah. and they don't often align. But this weekend, we had a chance to spend. Is this the friend that you can just call and then you're together. immediately on the same page? Yeah, definitely. Have you talked about okay. Yeah. Cool. So. Anyway, so we got to spend some time together and we had just like whole hours. And the whole time I was kind of thinking, dang, I should work on homework or I should, you know, get some more (laughs) hours in at work or I should clean my apartment. It's kind of these lingering thoughts in the back of my head, but I just ignored them. And I went with spending time with us for that. So we cooked tons of food. We watched Mm. movies. We went on walks. It was just a completely wonderful time. And so by the time that we were, um, finishing each other, I was feeling kind of overwhelmed. I'm like, you know what? I have ignored everything that I needed to do this weekend. And I was feeling super panicked. But I sat down to work and I was so effective, probably more effective than I've been for a long time. So you could make up for it. Exactly. And so it was just kind of this impressive thing. And, you know, it probably wasn't the greatest time. I I was up a little later that night. But in the end, everything that needed to be done Got done. So true. I just didn't spend as much time. Yeah. You Plus, know. it took two years off your life. You looked two years younger. <laughs> that's that's cool. I don't yeah. know. Your I'm hair's curlier. Young, so I don't know if that's like a great thing. No, it's good. But I am having a good hair day. I feel like that should be broadcast over the radio. I mean, yeah. they it's can't not every day it, they get to see how great. Thing. And when you have a great hair day, it's a great hair day. <laughs> it's right, James? As in large and like. Yes. Okay. There and you go. Th- that's I've a guy that knows great hair the, days. Yeah. The stamp of approval. So the lesson that I want people to take from this. So we've talked. We've talked all about this relaxation. We've talked. Don't about believe getting the economists yeah, per don't, se. Don't believe the uh, who else? With the insurance yeah, agents. Insurance. So and really, I mean, we don't watch TV when you're relaxing. Don't like it yeah. just we're, things. What we talked about with Colleen, where 
get away from that kind of the busyness and always having to do something. And so what we need to do is we need to spend more time on what is immediate. We need to spend less time on what is immediate and more time on what is important. Mm. And so for that time, you need to put away your phone. Don't answer the text messages. Yeah. Don't look at the emails because, yes, those are immediate and you might get like – I feel like it's almost addictive. You get like this little boost. Right. You're like, I just did something productive. But really all you did was no. like reply yes to and this it's, one but email. But it's, it's robbing your value. But it's, it's yeah, diminishing It's robbing your value. the things that are important. You're not connecting with people. You're spending time doing things that aren't going to impact your life the way it should. And so, yeah, sometimes it's I best to ignore the busy thing and well, to do the important thing. And focus on relationships. Yeah, definitely. I mean, can I just tell you as a guy that that's my job? Um, everywhere I go, even in businesses, in the end, they bring me in because the relationships are falling apart. Exactly. And it's costing them millions and they won't spend it until they're losing millions. And then they're like, okay, we got to get these people solving this. Exactly. But it's real. So I just think of it, you know, you might be like a parent out there feeling like, oh, I have like all these things to do. Laundry isn't done right now. Um, We haven't made a super nice organic dinner tonight. But, you know, maybe tonight's the night that you make box mac and cheese. Yeah. But you spend an extra half hour with your kids. And sit on the floor. I mean, because I just think of my memories when I was a kid and those times when my parents, you know, stopped whatever they were doing and really paid attention to me are kind of the most special moments and I think that can just apply the rest of the life. And you can bring any of it in. You could still do the laundry and sit on the floor and have your everybody help you fold the laundry yeah. and still be a family and have a great night mm-hmm. yep. and eat your boxed macaroni and cheese. There you go. Sure. Man. Mara, you're the best. Oh, thanks. I feel I get such an ego boost every time. Well, you are. You're show. good. I mean, I don't, you know, it's hard, but <laughs> you're good. And uh, James, yeah, her hair is real. It is. He always asks every time, is her hair real? Is it real? She didn't get it from a poodle. Um, (laughs) Is that poodle hair? (laughs) It's brilliant. It's beautiful. Well done, Merit. Um, Folks, it's happening, right? So, again, we don't want to do the show to depress you like, I'm horrible. I need to go be better. What we want to do, though, is get you to start looking at your life and what it's worth. What is your value? And your value is going to be in the relationships, in that space between you and other people. We're going to take a break, my friends. And... uh, Wrap up this first hour of the Matt Townsend Show. When we come back in the next hour, I'm going to be giving you a little bit of advice from the coach's corner here. And uh, also, we're going to be bringing on Meg Conley. And you know that's going to get crazy. So please stick with us. We're going to continue the discussion of the art of doing nothing, of being present in our lives right here on the Matt Townsend Show. Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome back to the Matt Townsend Show. Second hour of the show today about nothing. We're not we're not doing anything today. That's called the Lazy Song by Bruno Mars. We're trying. I think we need to do more shows about nothing. I think I've checked my email more today than I have any other no, day. No, but that means you're doing something. I know. You need to stop it. Okay. Hey, on the show, we have been discussing this idea of maybe getting rid of the need to just constantly do, 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 and instead get used to just being. Da, 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 da. No. Oh. No. Try, just try to stay with me, Sean. <laughs> don't, don't, don't turn it into a song or a Star sorry, Wars you start metaphor. Singing, do, 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 da, 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 da. I'm thinking of the police. Yeah, yeah. That's... Yeah. 
That's another great song. It could yeah, be could. dot, 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 you know, ellipses. That's nothing, yeah, right? True. Anyway, uh, back to the show about nothing. Here's the deal. Um, sometimes what I've noticed, we we feel guilty. because About doing nothing? Yeah. There's a weird guilt associated with it when in reality you need not feel guilty if you're just feeling – you should be feeling peace, right? Well, I, But we end up feeling guilty. Why? I, I think that's that's kind of what drives some people to be thrill seekers, that they think their relaxation has to be in, involved. Yeah. That, you know, in, in order to relax, I have to go do something like mountain biking yeah. or I have to go, you know, jump out of an airplane or – Or you've got to be – some. it's just you've got to be productive. They've yeah. been drilled in their head that you've got to be a productive person. So taking a break – I mean how many moms just need a break and just want a break but they can't take a break? By the way – even if they could take a break, they wouldn't take the break because it would also induce guilt like I should be oh, doing something. Oh, I should be doing something. something with my kids. I should, yeah. yeah. So here's one of the things I wanted to talk about is finding some time in your life without guilt. Yeah. I'm doing this actually next week. What do you, Oh, you're going camping. Exactly. But I, I, you should feel guilty about yours. No. You're leaving your children. I do not feel guilty whatsoever. You're leaving your children with I can tell you right now, the best time I ever had at Disneyland was without my kids. Oh. <gasps> You didn't just say that. Yes, I did. Blasphemy. It's two, but for me, it's two different things. Yeah. If I go with just my wife and I on a trip, yeah. it is to- a totally different trip than if I go with the whole family. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's true. I get a different enjoyment out of it. When I go to Disneyland with my kids, I enjoy watching my kids watching your have kids fun. Enjoy it. Yeah. When I go to Disneyland with just me and my wife, you watch, we have fun. You enjoy, oh, you have fun. I was like, you enjoy watching her have fun. <laughs> that too. That's great. Um, here's some keys to having guilt-free life. I think this is this is going to be good. Are you ready? Yeah. Um, first of all, pay attention to the guilt. You have the guilt for a reason, right? So guilt is usually teaching us that we're doing we're doing something that's off of what we think we should be doing. It doesn't mean it's always accurate because some of our guilt is just we think. My mom was raised with a mother that was incredible, amazing, loving woman, mm-hmm. but she also would rake her shag carpet. And she was my a, dad did that. She was a stay-at-home mom. And so she'd – so the hard part though is my mom had to work and so she'd leave kids. She'd come home exhausted but still had this idea that she had to be like her mom, mm-hmm. this stay-at-home mom from the 40s and the 50s. Is that – does this result from a, like a comparative thing, yeah. keeping up with the Joneses a almost? Lot of us, a lot of us. And so, so what, have I, what I want us to start doing is notice what your feelings are telling you and then use those feelings – to evaluate your own life. Okay. okay. And here's a couple of things I'd evaluate. Make sure that you are celebrating principles more than performances. Okay. A lot of us seem to get really into what we're performing or doing. And we think our actions, our activities, our doings end up being more valuable than the growth of principle. If you want peace, my number one lesson on earth has been peace does not come from people. It does not come from you know your profits or your job peace comes from principles and peace for me comes from above so it comes from my god and living those principles so you can sit in a space and just be with your family and instead of focusing on the performances that need to be done that day you can find peace and guiltlessness in just recognizing that we're living a principle right now as a family mm-hmm. a principle of connection a principle of service a principle of hard work so you can pretty much do any function and find peace if you look for the principle. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah. 
And it's there. So when my children also come and they've done their homework, I could just focus on the performance that good job doing your homework, or I could I could start to elaborate upon the principles they've lived. I appreciate how hard you work to do homework that's not easy. So instead of celebrating their performance of homework, let's celebrate that they work hard. Let's give you another one. Acquire the art of patience, not pretense. A lot of us in our lives are really good at trying to look really good. Oh. And we do this all the time. We had a, our son. He's a student body officer at a high school here in town, and he ended up not having his picture taken for the yearbook. Oh, he he's your son. Forgot. Definitely. He forgot to have his picture taken like four times. Oh, wasn't the fact that he doesn't like his picture? Oh, no, and he, hates, he probably hates his picture taken. But he, he didn't get it taken. And we're looking at him like, are you serious? You're a student body. You, it, it's important that you participate in all of the student activities. Right. And now you're not going to be in the yearbook. And we were getting all over him. And I started to think about why I cared. And I really just cared because it kind of makes us look bad yes. as parents. Mm-hmm. So I actually cared more about the pretense of him, of him pretending to be a good boy that does everything in the student body more than I cared about acquiring patience in that moment. And so one of my things that causes guilt is when I'm impatient. So anytime you violate a principle and you're treating someone poorly, you're going to feel some guilt. So I want us to be out there focusing on learning patience with our kids instead of just making and pretending that they're all perfect. They all do exactly what we want. They dress exactly as we want. So acquire the art of patience, not pretense. Another tool that might help you is to make sure that you're trying to grow your power with your children and your family, not your power over them. Hmm. Something I found that really seems to occupy a lot of our times is to make sure that I I want my kids to do what I want them to do. But people don't grow by being – having someone over them in Mm -hmm. power. People grow by them knowing that I'm with them. Like Merritt was just talking about, our greatest values increase when we have relationships and people that we're with, not just when we have people we're over. Just because I'm over a thousand people doesn't mean they all trust me. Right. Doesn't mean they'd follow me. Doesn't mean if there was a fire that they'd take my uh, my leadership and follow me out. Any you know, any any ruler from the European nations knows, could probably tell you exactly. all that. Exactly. <laughs> so make sure if we want to eliminate some of the guilt in our life, we need to make sure we're actually getting power with people. Meaning together we know how to do things and make things work and be successful instead of threatening them, you know, scaring them taking stuff away that might hurt them. Last rule to kind of work on eliminating some of the guilt in our life is really learn to love others rather than just tolerating them. Hmm. I think a lot of our guilt simply comes because we don't always – we know we love our kids, but oh, man, they drive me crazy. Yeah. So in the end, though, how how are you going to feel peace knowing that all you do is barely tolerate your kids? So that's why – that's why – I leave my kids behind sometimes. Well, I know, but see again, that's where the police don't like that. You well, no, I don't. To, if you take them to the store, no, Sean, I leave them with my mother. Okay, okay, yes, that's yes, yes. You can't Thank just you. leave them everywhere you go. I They're left old, them at the grandkids. They're old enough. Come on, whose kids are these? Uh, I have a teenager. She knows everything. No, and Come I like, on. I like the idea that you guys go have your little alone time and just. Yes. But and you do, you love your children, but I think if I all do. we do in life is just tolerate it. By the way, no. if all you do is tolerate your job. It's going to wear you out. Mm-hmm. And if all you're doing is tolerating your marriage, it's going to eventually come apart. 
Things that you just tolerate, and you don't grow. Is, tolerating is tiresome. That's right. Think about it. We tolerate traffic. Yes. We tolerate difficult people. We tolerate, you know, annoying, obnoxious bills, bills and family members. But in the end, it's going to wear you down. And so yeah. if you want peace, let's work on a few things. One more time. Learn to love rather than just tolerate others. Extend your power with people. Get better at being with people instead of just trying to control them. Acquire the art of patience. Don't just get really good at pretending and being pretentious. And learn to celebrate celebrate your principles in life more than your performances. Just a little coaching advice from Dr. Matt Townsend. I don't know why I went deep right there. I'm not sure. I think it's pretentious. A little just bit. Try to be patient with me. Stop, We're gonna stop. Uh, stop trying to be over us. I know. Right. We're gonna take a break. Talk about being over us. Guess who's here? Uh, is, she, is she over Mike us? Mike Conley. <laughs> nobody, nobody takes a hierarchy over this group of people better than Meg. Meg is in charge when Meg shows up. Don't tell her that. Is that like Charles in charge? Kind of, but okay. it's, it's with a woman and her name is Meg. Oh. We're gonna take a break, folks. When we come back, Meg Conley in the house. She's going to be teaching us about daydreaming, uh, something I think she's mastered the art of. More when we come back right here on The Matt Townsend Show. Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show, A Loving Spoonful by Daydream. By the way, Daydreamer extraordinaire, you're here. True. You. This song is for you. Yay, that's good. You're I like, a daydreamer. I've never heard it before. Are you I a daydreamer? A, totally. I'm a daydreamer. Yeah? I can yeah. see that about you. I, uh, I don't know if you know this. I'm an Olympic athlete swimmer. In your dreams. In my dreams. Really? So that, that's the... No, that's not my dream. Yeah, I was like, is that the Olympic I'm an Olympic diver uh, on the high platform, whatever really? that platform is. No, that's not my dream. No, see, I'd want to do one that like actually gets you money by the time you're done with it. Really? Yeah. Like what? What would that be? I guess like if I was like a professional basketball player who also played on the Olympic yeah, team, because then I make like millions of dollars. But that wouldn't be your daydream. What would your daydream be? My daydream? This is going to be fantastic. Oh, Make sure you're recording. It's de- whatever it is, it's definitely not based in reality. I'm, Probably like having lunch with like my favorite writers who may or may not have been dead for several hundred years. Well, Something would, like that, right? Well, like, I think that daydream? would stink. <laughs> Wouldn't that stink? Yeah, literally. But you'd want to just, that's what that, you're, you're daydreaming would be like, I wonder what, and then you just throw it's out like one a of lot your favorites. Of, it's like a lot of metaphysical stuff, Yeah, unfortunately, or fortunately. <laughs> you, but you, you're a big believer in daydreaming. I actually yes. believe in daydreaming. Yes, sure. I do it a lot. I really do it a lot. It's, it's how your brain w- works things out for you, right? Like, that's great. I dreamed about this show before I had it. Did you really? Uh-huh. That's great. Was it like a nightmare, though? No. The show's I, been going really well. Okay, I mean, please. Really? Yeah. I've been impressed. It's <laughs> it's incredible. It is. Not to brag, but I done dreamed it up. Yeah, it's real good. <laughs> real. <laughs> it's real good. Hey, um uh <laughs> You're a goofball. Yeah. But oh, um, totally. I think that's great. So talk to us about daydreaming because we, today's show we're talking about doing nothing. Yes. And it seems like to me when I think of you at yes. home. By the way, this is Meg Conley. 
But I don't. I don't know if I introduced you. I don't. I? I don't know if you did. Meg Meg in Progress is her website. When it's up, it's a great site. It's a great resource. Sure, <laughs> it's up. It's up right now. Is it up? Yeah. It's, up. it's got you, great posts today. It's amazing. And uh, Meg's a big deal. She's been on the um, Steve Harvey show. Yeah, totally. Totally. Uh, Nightline. Nightline. Good morning, America. Good morning, America. No big deal. Not a big deal at all. She's. Um, <laughs> She was a finalist of American Idol. Oh, I okay. That used to be one of my daydreams. Really? I have an okay singing voice, and I wanted to. No, do you? Yeah, and I wanted to to take that to the masses. What so happened? I used what to happened? daydream about that. Well, maybe we could help you launch it. Uh, no, you, no. <laughs> what no kind of music way. do you like? We could start bluegrass. So good. <laughs> Get some so bluegrass good. for us, James. Yeah. Um, well, I play the juice harp, so we oh, that's right. Oh, he's so good with that thing. <laughs> Twang. He makes it twang in a way you. Listen, it's okay. It's okay to like explore like these like little fantasies because you can find things out about yourself in reality. I know. Through I agree. Them. I totally right. agree. And sometimes you find out what isn't important because if it stays a daydream, then it's not actually something you need to pursue. Is there ever a point you need to quit daydreaming? No. Well, what? I like explain. Well, I mean, it seems like there's a point. At one point, you need to get showered and go to work. Sure, sure. But I mean, like, like driving. I like that, to do. I, I daydream I spend when a lot I drive. Of, yeah, sure. Yeah. That is. So usually, I'm being productive, like folding laundry, like when I occasionally do that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, hypothetically, like cooking. Yeah. Yeah. Like the kids, like they want you, but you're like, no, busy. Busy working. Uh, working a new work, book idea. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Did you know that Oprah interviewed me? In my car once. Oh, I was like, really? Yeah. Matt, that's Felt amazing. totally real. Um, I don't know. I, I don't think she's that great of an interviewer. You know? Well, she was in my dream. In your dream. Sure. Sure. It really that's wasn't fair. even, in my dream, it wasn't even about Oprah. It, no. It was about me. Yeah, sure. Sure. Absolutely. Which is important about your daydreams is they should be about you. Yeah. Because uh, if you're daydreaming about other people's existences. Well, that, and that's just creepy. That's a little tough. That's yeah. a little tough. Please don't dream about other people. <laughs> now you're crossing a line. But yeah, I think I think it's important to mm-hmm. let yourself, you know, it, to immerse yourself in that, the, the other space that you occupy a lot of the time. Like the space that you hope you'll be. Yeah. The spaces you've been. That's yeah, all good. Your yeah. past, your present. Sure. Now you can, obs- see, I think daydreaming is probably more healthy than obsessing. Sure. Than stewing. Right. Right. You know? Yeah. So it's just go back to those. Oh, do you remember the good old days when you could and you could just go think about those days? That's good. That's positive. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Or the future. Man, what, how and great then, would it be? And then if... when you keep returning to something, right? Like like my daydream, like that I am a Grammy nominated traditional country artist. Mm-hmm. Like, it stays with me, yeah. but it's not realistic. Oh, no. Like, I was never willing to put in the work right. for that. I was never willing to, like, move right. to Nashville yeah. right. or, like, get a better voice, which well, also may have been yeah. necessary. A voice is important sure, sure. if you're going to use your voice. <laughs> but there's, have you ever seen that? It was a horrible movie, Home Fries. It was really bad with Drew no. Barrymore and Luke Wilson, but I love it. It's like one of my favorite movies, <laughs> but it's really not good. But he, he goes to visit her at her house, and in her room, there's all these Dolly Parton pictures. And um, and he says, um, do, do you like do you want to be a singer? Like, it seems like you really like country music. Seems She's like, like you, yeah, yeah, I've always dreamed of being a singer. And he says, do you, can you sing? And she said, no, not at all. But that's why it's a dream, right? Like, it's good to have dreams. They keep you young. But Yeah, but it just seems like, you know, at some point, you also you have to deal with reality, like right, like you know, get a job. Well, but daydreams should yes, if okay, your daydream so is keeping you, yeah. or if you're feeling um, 
if you're feeling like emptiness because mm-hmm. you're not achieving your yeah, daydream. Yeah, you feel like a loser. Well, but, but that, but that, you said loser, not me. <laughs> that, that teaches you something too. Yeah. Like maybe your daydream is something you need to make into a reality or maybe like this void <clears throat> that the daydream is trying to fill is something that you need to fill in your reality. I like and that. And that's exciting too. See, that's teaching you. Yeah. You, so you use can always it. learn from it. Use yeah. your dreams, your daydreams to teach you something. Right, right. Like for example, one of my, this is cheesy, but one of like my, the things that I kind of would daydream about was that I was the kind of girl that could always say yes to the things that came my way. Like whether it was watching someone's kids or a career opportunity or, you know, whatever it was, like I could say yes. And so I thought, well, if I think that about myself all the time, like if I'm always kind of like being dreamy about that, maybe that's something I should start doing. Be the yes girl. I say yes to things. So I decided to implement that in my reality. And that was was not wise. That was different. It was stupid. It was so super stupid. Like, so then what I learned was that I needed to be able to say no. And so it was kind of like, I am the no girl. And so it was kind of like this brilliant evolution. And it came because of how I kind of perceived myself in my fantasy world. And I was able to learn that I need to be able to say no to people. So you really, your, your fantasies are becoming reality. It's working. Well, well, yeah. But then you this have to was the uh, this was the opposite. Yeah. Sure, to, yeah. sure, yeah, but absolutely. Correct. Because that was one I thought about all the time. Uh-huh. Like I am just going to be the kind of person that can lift everybody up. Like I a am lifter. like You'd I a... am a lifter. Yeah. And like I am occasionally, but most of the time, honestly, I'm not. You're like, kind and of that's a lower. Kind of, kind of, or <laughs> no, like a not. stay putter. Like you're I'm not. like a stay putter. No, you're not. Like you're I, not. I can't. I can't say yes to every phone call. Like say yes to us. Well, yeah, you guys are the best. Oh, well, yeah. You guys are the best. But do you know who helped me? Is I, I shared this with Riley once. I yeah. said, I always see myself as this person that says yes to everything, but it's overwhelming. Um, it's not good for our family life. Like this daydream, this perception yeah. of myself is incorrect. What do I do? So he was like, your assignment for the next month is to say no to someone at least once a day, even if you could have said yes, because you have to learn wow. how to be able to say no. So I learned to say no. Like someone would ask me the simplest stuff. Like, like, hey, can you? No. <laughs> can you? Um. Can you? Can you run this over there? Yeah. I I could do it later, but I need to do it today. And I was like, you know, I can't. Can Even you apply I some? <laughs> can you apply some direct pressure Cause, to this bleeder? Cause, <laughs> nope. Cause, cause <laughs> no, I, had, I can't. Because I had to learn how to say no. And then at the end of that month, I I had found the balance, and I knew when to say yes and when to say no. But it, but it took some time, and That's... so some. That's a good. That's a great lesson. That, yeah. I mean, that's a great idea. So you can learn things from your fantasy world. Like yeah. you can learn how to make yourself a realistic representation of that. So I'm not a put her downer, but I also no. do sometimes say say no, and that's important. That is important. And so I learned about my real self by not living up to my fantasy. Do you want self. some advice on the no thing? <laughs> yeah. From a highly trained professional. Yeah. You need people. I need people. And like, then your people say no. But I know. And then you I'm don't not, have to say no. I'm not that highly trained And then yet. they come up to me and they're like, you know, your people said no. And I'm like, they what? did? Oh, my God. I will <laughs> well, talk to them about that. let me talk to them. That. But they do know more about what I'm doing. Yeah, yeah. But I'll see I, what I can I do. I guess that they know. But I think that sometimes we feel like um, investigating, like, our fantasy selves is a waste of time. That we need to be, like, mired in reality. Yeah. But, but what is reality, Blah. right? Right. What is that? It's well, kind it's, of what we make well, it. Well, it's exactly what we make it. I mean, some of my daydreams have unicorns in them. Like, that that's not going to happen. But honestly, but- <laughs> don't don't think it can't. Okay, so... Have you heard of North Korea? I knew... Do you think they're producing unicorns? They have a lair. Stop it. They found a unicorn lair okay, here's in the North... Kim Jong-il, maybe. Or is it Kim Jong-un now? Let's just call him Kim. Let's just stop with Kim. 
but Kim Jong whatever is it's possible. He's he's found a unicorn lair. So so okay, I'm not joking. My husband served overseas for a couple years in his twenties, and he met a man there who really believed the unicorns existed. They totally did because the Bible said that they did. Which yeah. I I haven't read that Bible. But, you haven't? but maybe, but maybe yeah. no, it, it was a rough day. I just want you to know it's true. <laughs> they do. So do, by the way, jackalopes. Sure. Sure. Which is, a I mix think jackalopes between, really do. Exist. It's a jackrabbit and an sure. antelope. That's for real. No, James, I've seen it. I've James, seen it. I've seen a jackrabbit's head <laughs> with a huge antelope rack on it. But so, but what do you, what do you say to people when they feel like they can't? They can't like explore the the nether world. You know what I say? I say, this. hang on a second. We're going to come back and give you that answer. We will come back and answer what we say to people that can't explore their dreams. Is that yeah. the question? Well, we're going to have the answer right after this. Folks, back with Meg Conley from Meg in Progress. Incredible website when it's up and running. It's always up and running. So it's just so you know, I say that every time. She's fantastic. We'll take a break. More from Meg when we come back right here on the Matt Townsend Show. Welcome back, everybody. Girls just want to have fun. By the way, nobody reminds me more of Cindy Lauper than Meg Conley. Thank you. Wait, like '80s Cindy Lauper or no, like just 2014? Your hair. '80s Cindy Lauper. Wait, I'm your looking hair. at her. My hair is way cooler than that. Yeah. Actually, no, it's that's a, pretty accurate. It's pretty close. It's pretty accurate, actually. Uh, girls just want to have fun, but they also—it's not just girls. Guys daydream. We should daydream. Sure. Every sure. guy has thought and about. You know, shooting the last second shot to win the game. Sure. But few of us have ever done it. Right. I mean, You've other, done that. I've done that. Right? I just did it this morning. Were you the star of your basketball team? And like you guys went and took state and then Rudy came on the field. Yes. And that was you, right? Yeah, yeah. that was me. <laughs> yeah, but Rudy was in football. I know. Okay, I yeah, was just good. being yeah. funny. I was, oh, was that funny? <laughs> yeah, that oh, was okay. funny. Oh, that was funny. <laughs> so one of my daydreams is that I'm a comedian. <laughs> well, you know, some things you just got to keep dreaming. Sure, about. sure. You, um, you, you asked a question. Yeah. What was it? How do we give ourselves permission to daydream? To like have these these like other worlds that we permit ourselves to kind of wade yeah. through during the day. Uh, you just say you have permission. That's good. I like that. And you just that's do it. Hard. See, the neat thing about daydreaming though, right? is you don't have to tell anyone. Right. I tell everyone though. I know so that's the problem. <laughs> I daydream all day long. It's like I, I a lot of what I have accomplished. Yeah. I knew I, I thought of having a radio show before I had a radio show. That's great. And I didn't even like – I never set it as a goal because right. that's that's crazy. Right. To the male ego, that's damaging because what if it didn't happen? Right. So instead, um, I just hosted my own show in my head. OK. So do you know what I used to do when I was little is when I was cleaning the kitchen, I would pretend I was on a cooking show. It was like when Food yeah. Network was oh, yeah. first kind of sure. becoming a thing because yeah. I'm so young. So that happened when I was little. Yeah. But- <laughs> we, we call you um, immature. Is that what we're saying? But I would, as I was cleaning the dishes, I would say, and then, and you know, I had no idea what I was talking yeah. about. You saute the shrimp scampi before. <laughs> and my parents would walk in in the middle of me, like, cleaning the kitchen, like, talking to this invisible camera crew. <laughs> and they'd be like, what are you doing? See, when I grew up, we didn't have so- <laughs> reality TV. But I, I wanted to be a firefighter, so I pretended to be a firefighter. Sure, sure. I wanted to be a cop. 
So you were service oriented and now that's what you do. You help mm-hmm. people with their yeah. lives. Yeah. See, and I've gotten to go on on TV shows and they're not cooking shows, well, but yeah. I've gotten to You you don't just so you I've, know, <laughs> we already think you're great. Stop it. I'm you do not saying, need to bring that up every time saying, you come on the show. Sometimes you project things, right? Yeah. And then and then they get to happen. So so yeah. sometimes I daydream about I really want to go to New York with Riley. He's never been to New York. Like he's why? he's such a hick. I don't why do I want to go? Why, does, or why, why he doesn't he why hasn't he? Just the opportunity hasn't arisen. But I have all these places I want to go and I think about like what we'll see when we get there. Why don't you just wait till you do Good Morning America next time? Oh, that would be amazing. I thought you went to Good Morning America. Oh, they they did it from your house. They came to me. Whatever. (laughs) No, you guys are so great. Have me back anytime. Thank you. (laughs) Are you talking to them? Good morning, America, yeah. Do you think they're listening? Sure, they love your show. <laughs> Did you ask him? Have you heard of the Matt Townsend show? I was on like, you should, you should have Matt on all the time. Yeah, you should. But so, so, but I think that daydreaming about that, thinking about like the corned beef sandwiches we're going to eat when they, we get there, that like takes up a lot of my no, mental really? space right now. See, I never sure, we'll dream about there. food. You don't think about well, it's like an experience. I daydream about experiences all mm, the time, yeah, not, and then I usually go out and seek those experiences. Really? Yeah. That's like that's the funnest kind of daydreaming. It's like how you're going to eat up life. You know what like, you remind literally me literally and I, metaphorically. I just I, I got to speak at the Utah State Penitentiary. Did you really? I did. That's great. I do it every quarter. And we if, get it. If you're, you're very interested, special. I can get you in. I would love to go. I'll, I'll, I'll get you in. I'm, I'm a big fan of like. They would love it. It's fantastic. It's one of the greatest things I do. No, that's it really so is. great. And there's a honestly, there's an amazing spirit because they're. They're learning. They're growing. Yeah, they want absolutely. Better. Some of them are trapped. They don't know what to do in their head. You know, but daydreaming is a great way that they survive. Sure, absolutely. Well, and sometimes, whatever our lives are, right? Like I was just telling you when we were off air, my five year old is killing me right yeah, now. Yeah. Like I love her, but I just don't like her very yeah, right much now, right now. You'd She's like rough. To trade her in for a bit. sure, like just for a little while. And so, so sometimes my life feels a little bit cage like right now, <laughs> and daydreaming helps me to escape yeah. that, like absolutely. And so, so I know I'm always saying this, but the best way to to start, you know, my brain like going through those like fun little pathways is reading. Like yeah. I'll sit down and read, and then I start daydreaming, and I'm just able to escape what is a very blessed. But right Beautiful. now, does kind it, of difficult reality. Does it help you get – so how do you get back into reality? Because you could – Usually the screaming. Like the kids start screaming. But see that – like you know slams what? me back to earth. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Mom, he's touching me. Quit touching me. I think um, maybe that's the deal though. So some people would use their imagination. Right. And others just use producers from, you know, cable shows. Sure, sure. To occupy their mind space. Sure, right. So maybe both um, could be taken too far. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So I guess one of the ways to know is how. How do you know when it's time to not daydream anymore but actually to get back to your daughter and right. have an experience. Well, it shouldn't take you it shouldn't take you out of your reality and that you're missing things. Yeah. Like whether that's like disciplining her or doing <laughs> something fun with her. Like you need to be you need to be involved, but I think that you decide to carve out some time each day. Mm-hmm. Cool. So when my kids do quiet time, that is my hour and a half to just daydream. You get read. an hour and a half? Yeah, they mandatory quiet time an hour and a half. They each go into their rooms. I'm for real. Like, this happens every on. single day. So mandatory. Like there is no. Hey, hey, did I hear something? It happens at one o'clock. So they can be loud in their rooms, but they're okay. not allowed to open the door. Like they are well, in their rooms for an hour well, and a half. But does that not frighten you? Why would that frighten me? Well, like you hear a crash. 
What, what's you in, smell what, smoke? What's, what's in their hey, rooms? what's going on back What's there? in their rooms? There's like a bed and some books and some stuffed animals. Oh, is that what you think? Yeah. Check <laughs> under the bed. So they're in there for an hour and a half, and that is my just nobody talks to me. My phone is off. Zen moment. Sometimes I'm watching Doctor Who. Sometimes I'm reading. Sometimes I am just laying and staring, staring at the ceiling. And so once that hour and a half is up, the timer goes off. They know they can come out when the timer goes off. And then your night's over. And, your then, over. and then I'm back to reality. So I think if you okay, carve the time great. out. Like, you're very deliberate about that. We talked about intentional living a week ago. But, and you rotate this. You rotate this uh, intellectual journey to some other place. You rotate what your subject matter is that you're going to daydream sure. about. Sure. I do sometimes. I do. Absolutely. Yeah. Like, sometimes it's actual things that I'm working towards. And sometimes it's, you know, wouldn't yeah. it be cool if the TARDIS showed up at my house with the Matt Smith Doctor Who in it? Like, yeah. sometimes that is also... Like, so a little bit of this, a little bit of that, you know. Wow. Keeping it fresh. You know, um, there's other names for this. That's always he's, – he's always platonic with his with – his, um, Well, no, there's other names. Travelers. James knows, always. There are yeah, psychological disorders <laughs> where people live in delusions. And they... it's, a, it's not a delusion, though. It's, it's, a, it's a practice. It's so, like yoga. It's like meditation. Hmm. You just don't <laughs> see a lot of, like, Buddhist monks <laughs> – Meditating. You don't know about what they're meditating. You don't know what they're meditating about. No, you have no idea. I'm pretty sure it's not Doctor Who. Even <laughs> so James, that's only James, it's like a quarter peaked, of the time. You peak James's interest. He's way into that. Oh yeah, yeah. That's the big question. Would you run away with the Doctor if he showed up? Of course, because you can always go back to the time that you left from. It's like no big deal. Well, he's not very good at that, though. He does it. Well, it makes it work. Wouldn't Riley miss you? Yeah, he could come with me. That's true. Well, Riley's got to work. Somebody's got to pay no. for the Lexus. Okay. Well, you're obviously not understanding time travel. <laughs> if you leave at 5.05 p.m. Yeah. on the 26th of August, you can return at 5.04 p.m. on the 26th of August. I think we've just proven our point <laughs> about daydreaming because sometimes it gets brought back into reality as if it was a real thing. Sure. But I'm just saying it's okay to have the ridiculous along with the aspirational along with the day-to-day daydreaming. Yeah, but we call That's that marriage. That's all good together. That's marriage. That's marriage? That's all of those things. <laughs> Together. Maybe your marriage. Hmm. <laughs> Do you notice that she always throws in a dig? She always – I don't ever throw in a dig. That is not true. I walked in the studio today and you asked me if it was windy outside <laughs> while looking at my hair. Well, no, so... <laughs> but your hair was – I was concerned. Do you know I literally thought – I was walking through the doors into here and I thought – well, of course it was literally. It wasn't figuratively. Yeah, yeah. But, literally. but I thought – Man, my hair looks pretty good today. Like as I was looking oh, really? in the reflection of the door. Oh, you were looking at it. Yeah, sure. Because you're walking through the glass doors and I could see myself yeah. as I was walking in. I was like, good hair day, Meg. Way to go. Wow. That's what I thought. That's, I mean. So it, maybe that was another no, like delusion. No, my thought wasn't far off. <laughs> my thought was like, I think her hair's on backwards. Stop. You just had a lot of it in your face. I sure. just thought it was windy. Yeah. yeah. I'm not, it's like a new look. I would never critique someone's hair. I think your hair <laughs> is beautiful. I mean. I mean, the point that, is, is daydream. Carve out do. time for your fantasies. That's a good thing. I think that's great. Yeah. It's great advice. They deserve it. Um, anything else you need to teach us? Because <laughs> I really like – I like – like you showed up here and it's almost like you hadn't even thought about daydreaming. <laughs> It's I'm, almost like you I, were daydreaming. I was going to talk about something else, but then you started talking about daydreaming and that's so good. I think that when you co- do come back, don't be overwhelmed by reality. Yeah. I think that sometimes because that can let you down. Because here's the thing, like for example, 
my uh, Margaret is like this amazing fireball of fun. Uh, a lot Margaret, of the time. aka Zuzu. Zuzu, right? But yeah. she, the past week has just been incredibly difficult. I read this thing once that said that kids through the age of 7 the, the synapses in their brains die and then and then and then new ones connect. And when mm-hmm. the synapses are dying and connecting, they like freak out. Really? It's like there's like a full moon out basically. Oh, like wow. they yeah, become I didn't, anxious. I've had, that's cool. It's super interesting. So I'm just going to believe that her synapses are dying right now cuz <laughs> she's so psychotic. But it's got to be something. But so, but know that like even when you get back to reality, like if there's drudgery or difficulty, like it's not forever. Mm-hmm. And your life can be as beautiful as a daydream. You just need to understand that it's well-rounded and sometimes sometimes it's hard and that's okay. Like right now, life is kind of hard, but that's okay. But the synapses It'll get will better. heal. Yeah. Or they won't. But either way, we'll move forward. <laughs> so, yeah, so, so that's, that's great. Like it doesn't have to be a permanent escape. Like there are ways to. I mean, you gave me hope. I had find, hope, find and the then I was like, "But it may be permanent." So, <laughs> well, you never know with kids. Every time your kids have a bad phase, yeah, don't you think this is it? This is who they are. Yeah, th- yeah, this is like they're stick. never going yeah. back to oh, who yeah. they once were. Yeah. And I think that every single time, and then well, they, they always nev- go back. Well, they don't. They never do. Yeah, they totally do. Like no, you haven't had like a teenager. Smiling. Once they're a teenager and they smell different, it's well, all different. Sure, sure, that's gross. And kids are. I love them with all my heart. Yeah, that's what it was. Right, I bless, love them. Bless their hearts. Bless I love their them little baby so, hearts so so much. But I want to wring their neck. <laughs> well, that's a little violent. That, I mean, yeah, I, sure. I, I meant wring it with love, like th- like a love figuratively. Ring. Yeah, that would be figuratively. Metaphorically, <laughs> not. I don't want to literally wring their neck. That's illegal. <laughs> yeah, if you like it, you should have put a ring on but, it. But so so that's okay. I think it's okay. If, and, and figure out, like, if you're daydreaming excessively, what are you trying to escape in your yeah, reality? Yeah, you, what are you avoiding? And, and how, can you, how can you fix that or mitigate it or learn how to deal with it? I like that. Yeah. You've done this a lot. D- like, figured out how to deal with reality? Or avoid it. It is the constant battle of my life. But what I love is your brain is so creative. It's just like you, I can just smell the synapses just firing. It's like <laughs> burnt <fizzled> toast. <laughs> you guys smell that? Someone's cooking synapses. Gross. Hey, um, we're going to take so a break, gross. folks. It sounds gross, but it's true. Uh, we're going to come back, wrap the show up. Mike is going to teach us about meditation. We are going to get we're going to get our Zen on. Cool. It's going to be a beautiful moment. Meg Conley's in the house. Go to meganprogress.com. It's a great website uh, three days a week. And (laughs) when we come back, Mike will teach us Meditation 101. This is the Matt Townsend Show. You're listening to us right here on BYU Radio. Welcome back, everybody. Lazy day in the house. <laughs> Why'd you look at me? I don't know. It just seems to fit. Lazy day. That's from uh, Spanky and our gang. Really? It's a cool name. Yeah. I think that should be your new nickname. I don't think so. Spanky. On just so many levels, I don't think so. <laughs> Spanky's the new nickname. No. You don't get to decide, Matt. No, it's my show. No, no, you're On not. On my show, I decide the James nicknames. James decides the nicknames. It's in the fine print. Oh, is it? Yeah. I didn't see the contract. It's true. That's weird. Um, <laughs> Meg Conley in the house from MeganProgress.com, a wonderful blog. Mm-hmm. 
It's open three days a week. It is open all week. There is a new post up today even. I've done two posts this week Three days a week, 12 hours a day. (laughs) Yeah, I thought it closed at midnight. It's one of the only websites that they pull down when they shut the doors. Hey, that's an interesting gimmick. It would be. Yeah. I made it Mm. up. It's mine. No, I claimed it. Trademark Meg. first? I said it Done. Matt, you got that. You got the copyright. (laughs) Neener, neener. Okay. Uh, We're going to talk meditation. Do you meditate, Meg? I do. Yeah. Let's see it. No way. Just throw out a little meditation. No way. How do you... Well, Let's bring in the pro. Mike Pond is a real... He's the stud that meditates. The rest of us just, you know, breathe heavy. I've been meditating for a while, and it's made a big difference in my life. Uh, Uh, How, how, how? Well, tell me how because I okay. know I do it, but every time I put on my meditation CDs, I fall asleep. Oh, you need a CD, oh, mm, man. amateur. Yeah, so just <laughs> noobs. Yeah, newbie. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, beginner over yeah. here. It's all right. You'll get there, man. Newbie. Get there. <laughs> well, disclaimer. So me- when you say meditation, for mm-hmm. those that are unfamiliar with what meditation is, it's like saying sports. It's sure. so. I mean, there's so many different kinds. Oh, you kinds. play sports. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, I do. Um, there's different techniques to promote relaxation and build internal energy and develop compassion, mm-hmm. love, patience, etc. You know. Well, that's weird because Meg, I don't see any of that happening in your what? meditation. That is all that I am. I am just like a big walking ball of compassion. <laughs> that is how I would describe myself. Absolutely. I don't know if a walking ball of yeah. compassion yeah. is. Imagine what you want to that. <laughs> that visual. It looks very exactly gross. Right. Anyway, we digress. Keep going, Michael. I think the whole point uh, of meditation um, is to involve an internal effort to self-regulate or take a, a look at yourself, introspect. Yeah, to get centered. Sure. Yeah. yeah. And not get caught up in everything around you. Yeah. Just because somebody comes in with a ton of energy, like a bundle of a ball of <laughs> compassion, just because that happens, you don't get sucked into that. Sure. You instead you hold your center. And and I think it's a it's a little different than daydreaming in that a lot of times when you meditate, you're you're kind of almost taking your problems head on. Yeah. You're you're trying to understand exactly what you're feeling. But when I'm meditating, and- am I supposed to think about my feelings? Uh, yeah. I thought I was supposed to not so have a I thought. Always, I, See, so there's different there are different ways because yeah, I always okay. clear my mind. And then I feel like when I empty my brain completely, no jokes, please. I already beat you to it, Matt. Bam. <laughs> oh, I was when holding I, back. Oh, when okay, I empty my good. brain completely, I feel like I can feel inspiration like fall yes. into the empty spaces. I like but that. I can see that there are different ways to do it. Absolutely. Yeah. It, like let's say you've had a really rough day with your five-year-old. It, yeah, it may be hard to, to understand what you're feeling. There's lots of different emotions going yeah. on. And that can be a way to figure out, okay, what's going on with Meg? Right. What am what am I feeling right now? I you talk know? to myself in the third person all the time. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. <laughs> Again, another sign of other mental issues. <laughs> I mean, in a loving way. I'm, I'm just trying to be helpful. Sure. <laughs> I'm not putting you down. Uh, so, Mike, how do we do this? How do we do this meditation thing? Oh, there's so of, many different of ways. Of the various forms. Yeah. Let's just do like the breathing one. Well, this is one of my favorite ways to meditate. I call it conscious breathing. And uh, so what what I do is I try to go to a place where, uh, you know, there's no, no, no distractions, nothing going on, and I will take a few deep breaths, and I really focus on my breathing. It's like when you're giving birth. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I wouldn't know. Totally, though. Yeah. Been there. 
and I just try Been to there. clear my mind <laughs> and and focus on on uh, what what's what I'm what I'm feeling and uh, and because that actually works. So um, in news anchor school, did you go to news anchor school? Is that what it's called? <laughs> it's called a degree in communication, sure. broadcast journalism. That sounds more legitimate. Yeah, or yeah. anchor one hundred and one. <laughs> And but they, that's how they teach you to clear because you're a little nervous. Yeah, you got a little, you got the nerves, you got the shakes. So you'd always do deep breaths like that in through your nose, out through your mouth, and it would just calm you. And then you'd say, "Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to the Matt Townsend Show." Oh, is that the voice that you use? Yes, that's the voice yeah. that taught us to use. <laughs> that's why I'm not a news anchor. Well, and uh, there's been tons of studies on the benefits of med- uh, meditation. Uh, Emma Seppala, she's she's a PhD. Yeah, at, she's been uh, on the show, by the way, at Stanford University. Yeah, hello, hello, uh, she, big time. She Emma Seppala, a, a list and put it on Psychology Today of, of benefits of meditation, and they're just it's all kinds of stuff that you wouldn't Let's even hear. think what, about. What? 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 Well, I can go through Give me really. Really quickly, yeah. uh, it increases the immune uh, system function, decreases pain, decreases inflammation, uh, increases pot of, positive emotion, decreases depression, anxiety, stress. Holy cow! Uh, I like it. Makes you feel less lonely, uh, more oh, social connection. Sad. Yeah, uh, more <laughs> wow. compassionate. Uh, you have the ability to introspect more, um, and you have the this ability is, to regulate your emotions better. This, um, by the way, sounds like everything we need. Yeah. After having Meg on the show today. <laughs> oh my gosh, wouldn't that be hilarious if like I walk out that door and you guys are like, "Okay, half hour meditation. <laughs> we need to recover." No, you bring a you bring a ray of hope. <laughs> and then a Wrapped big in a ball nasty storm. No, you're great. Meg, we love having you on the show. I love being here. You guys are great. I do as we wrap up the show. I have a uh, I have a quote. I love your quote. Have you ever heard of Mark Twain? Uh, yeah Mm. Mark Twain it reminds me of you good friends good books and a sleepy conscience yes this is the ideal life we could talk about that quote for an entire show I'm not joking and we won't so tomorrow (laughs) uh, on the show we're going to be talking about anger can it be useful thanks Mike for the meditation practice thanks Meg for uh, giving us an opportunity later to practice our meditation practice you are so welcome you are brilliant keep it up Uh, go check her out on Meg in Progress great website Uh, two days a week six hours a day (laughs) we're back tomorrow folks talking about anger this is the Matt Townsend show remember keep looking for the good in the world that's why we're here to find the good thanks we'll talk again tomorrow